Welcome to Jim's Take. I'm your host, Jim Vaughn. And I'm your co-host, Tyler Kennedy. This episode is a continuation of our Questions You Were Afraid to Ask series and may have to explain to family members series. Each episode, we take a look at a common question. I don't want to call it basic, but it is basic, that an investor or client especially new clients and new investors, have but might be uncomfortable asking. They think they're supposed to know already. When it comes to your finance, there's no such thing as a bad questions. What question are you answering today, Tyler? Today, we have a great episode. I'm calling this episode Fight Night, but we probably won't call it that. But we have two heavyweight champions of the investment world going head-to-head in this episode. Both have obtained the heavyweight champion of the world in investing. Some might say they are cyclical by nature. I'm talking about stocks versus bonds smackdown. This battle has been going on since the beginning of investing. But before the fight begins, we have to lay some ground rules. Jim, can you please elaborate to our listeners what both a stock and bond are? Well, Tyler, in one corner, we have stocks. And stocks essentially are a share in ownership of a business. If you own a share, then you own a share of a business. By the way, if you own a share of a piece of commercial real estate, we view that as stocks also. Key is that you are an owner. The more shares you buy, the more you own. But essentially, you're an owner of a business. Stocks are typically held for a long period of time. When you buy a business, you want to buy that business for a long period of time. But some people invest for a very short period of time and trade their interest in these these businesses. Uh, Our clients typically are very long-term owners. That's one corner. When you purchase a bond, you have lent money to that business or government or maybe an individual. A bond owner lends money in return for a fixed rate of earnings, fixed rate of interest that they're going to receive. The shareholder owns the company, the shareholder borrows the money by issuing bonds, and the shareholders believe, frankly, the management of the company, on behalf of the shareholders believe that they can borrow the money pay the interest on the bond, and still earn a greater rate of return for the shareholders. So that's the difference. The management of the business that you own, represented by your shares that you own, works for you. The bondholder has a contractual obligation. Management and the business will pay back the bond, but that's it. Any profits will go to the shareholders. Over time, shareholders have mostly earned more than bondholders, but not all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get into the the fight. Because in the other corner, the bondholders are there waiting to do well when times are tough. Usually that's what happens. So it's better to be a bondholder when times are tough because you still get your interest payment. And by the way, when things are really bad, the bondholders get their money back before shareholders. 
in any kind of liquidation, any kind of bankruptcy, the bondholders get paid first before the shareholders get anything. That's the fight. Just to summarize, when you buy a stock, you are purchasing partial ownership in that company or, as you mentioned, the real estate investment. For this reason, stocks are called equity investments, while bonds are called debt instruments. Now that we've set the ground rules, here comes the question, Jim. What's better, stocks or bonds? Well, in the bond world, the only income that it goes to the bondholder is the interest that is paid. That's the advantage, and they get that interest first. So that's their advantage. Bonds, because you know how much you're going to receive, they tend to be less volatile. They don't move around as much. They are much more predictable in value and in interest payments. The bondholder knows how much they're going to get, and they know when they're going to get it. That's an advantage. The disadvantage is that generally speaking, and the history of capitalism would support this, I wish I knew the future. (laughs) I don't, but I'm optimistic about the future, and that shareholders will be able to pay their bondholders, pay their other expenses, and earn a profit. All of the profit goes to the shareholders. History of capitalism is that the shareholders win most of the time. They win by more. They don't win all the time. So what you're telling me is bonds are a consistent boxer? (laughs) (laughs) I guess I am. Do you mind possibly just walking us through an example of what you mean by this greater rate of, sorry, not a greater rate of return, but the interest payment on the bond and how that difference between how management of a company thinks they'll make far in excess? Over the last couple of years, uh, Apple Computer, I think we would all agree that it's shown itself to be one of the finest business success stories in the history of the world. I'm aware that there have been other finest business success (laughs) stories in the history of the world. But now we have Apple. Uh, Apple, even though they have lots of cash, uh, they have lots of municipal bonds, they own a lot of bonds, yet they issue debt. So, So Apple doesn't appear to need the money. So why would they issue debt and agree to pay 3%, for example? On this debt, which they issued, it was the largest bond offering of the year a couple of years ago. They issued 3% debt. Well, they do that, management does that because they believe they can take that money that's cost them 3% and they can turn around and reinvest it for something more than 3%. And whatever they choose to invest in new products, new people, new equipment, Whatever they choose to invest in, they think the rate of return to the shareholders will be far in excess of 3%. So that would be the people who own Apple stock. Those are the people who own Apple stock. So the owners of Apple stock, management believes when they issue the debt and borrow the money and issue the bonds, they know it's going to cost them 3%. They believe, they do not know, they believe, and they've got plans to earn more than 3%. Whatever that more than is goes to the shareholders of Apple stock. Okay, I got it now. (laughs) We'll be right back after this. 
So now that we've sort of covered what bonds are and how they operate with the Apple example, how do we view them in our clients' portfolios? We use bonds in our clients' portfolios, but we we don't view them as investments. Since we believe that owners will do better than uh, lenders, bondholders, over time, and our clients are generally not only long-term investors, they are multi-generational investors. So we encourage their investment portfolio to be in equities. But we view bonds as part of the cash reserves portfolios, and we are believers in significant cash reserves. So if a client wants to put their cash reserves in a money market fund, good for them. If they want to put some of it into a bond fund, a municipal bond fund maybe, and get a couple of percent interest, that's fine. Uh, But we don't think of bonds as long-term investments. We think of them as short-term cash reserves. We are aware that most of the world views bonds as part of the long-term investment portfolio. A traditional stock bond portfolio, in fact, will be 60% stocks, 40% bonds and money market. We're aware of that. Our, our disagreement with that thinking is that we say the 60% is invested long-term and the 40% is invested short-term. So we would just ask our clients to think of this differently. So that's how we view bonds. It's part of your cash reserves portfolio. Are we going to steal Apple's slogan of think different? (laughs) (laughs) I wish I'd thought of that. (laughs) With that in mind, it sounds like stocks have just entered the ring. So do you (laughs) want to pivot to their corner and get what their uh, courtside uh, team is thinking? What their team is thinking is that they don't know. They know that they have to pay the bondholders back. They believe they'll be able to sell their product. Uh, they know they have to pay their employees. They have, they have expenses too. They have rent. Uh, they have to pay utilities and everything else. They have to pay for insurance. They think they can sell their product for enough to meet all these expenses and get a rate of return. In fact, if it turns out their expenses go up, they may know, they may plan on raising prices to maintain their profit margin going forward. Uh, They also have a couple other strategies. Uh, These big companies, well-financed, might be able to buy, merge, or otherwise take advantage of competitors who are down, having trouble. These are the kinds of strategies that management pursues. Generally speaking, they're successful and they return a profit to the shareholders. It's important that our clients who are shareholders think of their investments as shares of business, think of themselves as hiring management who's trying to make a profit for them and will use uh, whatever strategies they can come up with to benefit the shareholders. Do you mind touching on the risk aspect comparatively to bonds in terms of stocks? I sure would, because that's the trade-off. That is really the trade-off. The Apple shareholders have all kinds of bad things can happen to them. I've talked about some good things, raising prices, management taking advantage of whatever opportunities come up. But bad things happen to them also. They have supply chain problems. 
They have employees who may want a raise. They have competitors who try to hire away their good employees. All of these problems management has to deal with, generally speaking, they succeed, but there's times when they don't. And ownership of these business can become extremely volatile. The, the value of your share normally, in a normal year, you can find that it drops 15% for either no good reason or good reason. You know, rising interest rates is a good reason for stock prices to go down. By the way, it's also bad for bond prices uh, to go down. Over time, management, we think, will figure out how to solve all their problems, generally speaking, and they will earn a rate of return that is sufficient to pay their bondholders and generate a return for the shareholder. The risk is that it doesn't happen all the time. And when stock market, when owners see their investment goes down, goes down, it will go down much, much more than a bond investment that goes down. Yeah. Especially individual companies when you're in stock picking, essentially. Like, for example, Apple was at one point in time, 90 days from solvency, meaning they'd have to declare bankruptcy. So even some of the greatest companies that we've ever seen have gone through troubles. So how do we deal with that individual stock risk for our clients? We we believe that generally speaking, owners of businesses will get a better return over market cycles than lenders, bondholders to those businesses. But we don't know that that'll be true in every single company. So we diversify. We we invest in we use exchange traded funds so that we can invest in hundreds of different companies with the idea being that if any particular company gets killed our clients don't get killed now by the way there's a trade off in that 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 our clients will never make a killing by investing in the next great company and that's a trade off when you diversify you don't have the success of picking the next great killing next great company nor do you have the damage if your company is one of the ones that doesn't make it yeah so i guess our goal is to for our clients is not pick the next apple but to make sure that they are able to capture equity market returns yes we think that investors will do well as owners we just don't know which corner of the economy or which particular company is going to strike oil or not. Uh, So we invest very broadly because somebody is going to find the oil. (laughs) We hope so. (laughs) If you have any more questions on this battle between stocks versus bonds, you can submit it in our question submission on our website. We look forward to answering your questions. And as always, thank you for listening.
Bonico Securities, Inc. Disclaimer. It should not be assumed that your account holdings will correspond directly to any comparative indexes or any of our existing client accounts. Investment in foreign securities have additional risks, including the risk of adverse currency fluctuations. Please remember that different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and current and future results may be higher or lower than those shown. Figures shown are past results and are not predictive of results in future periods. Share prices and returns will vary, so investors may lose money. Investing for short periods of time make losses more likely. It should not be assumed that recommendations made in the future will be profitable or will equal past performance. For the Vaughn Dividend Growth Program, performance is based on accounts that was managed for the longest period of time, and results are illustrated from inception. All income, dividends, interest, and other earnings are reinvested. Performance-based fees can only be utilized by individuals who meet the following qualifications. A natural person who or a company that immediately after entering into the contract has at least $1 million under management of the investment advisor. Or a natural person who or a company that the investment advisor entering into the contract and any person acting on his behalf reasonably believes immediately prior to entering into the contract has a net worth together in the case of a natural person with the assets held jointly with a spouse of more than $2.1 million at the time the contract is entered into. For the Vaughn Equity Asset Allocation Program, performance is based on an account that was among the earliest to use the program. Vaughn & Co. Securities, Inc. believes that these results are representative. All income, dividends, interest, and other earnings are reinvested. There may be economic or market conditions that affect performance. Vaughn & Co. Securities, Inc. buys concentrated positions for our portfolios, which may make our performance more volatile than that of broad market indexes, and our performance may diverge from an index, positively or negatively, as a result. Investments are not FDIC-insured, nor are the deposits of or guaranteed by a bank or other entity. Vaughn Asset Allocation Program and Vaughn Dividend Growth Accounts Results are net of all fees, reflecting trading commissions, maintenance, custody, advisory, and performance fees, if any. It should not be assumed that the recommendation made in the future will be profitable or will equal past performance. Data and information contained in any chart used by Vaughn & Co. Securities, Inc. has been supplied by sources we believe to be reliable, but is not guaranteed. Accounts held at Fidelity Investments are covered by SIPIC.